Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. Have you ever wondered what the American Legion is and its history? Today, I have a special guest, Brian Molman, who is the first vice commander of the American Legion Post number 257 here in Battle Creek, Michigan. Today, we're going to talk about the history of the American Legion and probably cover details of that history you may have never known or heard about in Michigan. So this is going to be fascinating. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you for taking time to be on the podcast today. Thanks, Michael. It's great to be here. Really appreciate the invitation to share the American Legion story. So could you tell me a little bit about yourself and how long you've been involved with the American Legion? Well, I'm an Air Force veteran. Uh, served 28 years and uh, got hooked up with the American Legion back in about 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, my first uh, position as commander uh, started in 2015 at another post here in town. Okay. Uh, served as commander there for two years. And then in 2017, I was asked to come over to post 257 to see about uh, getting a, getting them revitalized and things. I mean, they were just kind of floundering. It was a very small post. Uh, not much of an activity of anything. And uh, over the past uh, five years, uh, we've seen our our membership growth. Uh, we had 50 members when I came over. Uh, we currently are just about 260 members strong. Wow. We also added an auxiliary, uh, which is a sister organization to the to the American Legion, and that consists of mothers, grandmothers, daughters, granddaughters, sisters, and uh, as of 2019, spouses of Legion members or deceased veterans. So okay. the auxiliary actually includes male members in this membership now. Okay. Uh, we added that uh, 2018, I believe, and they're currently about 65 members. And then we added the sons the next year, uh, and that's sons and grandsons of uh, Legionnaires and veterans. Uh, we've got about uh, 55 members in there, so we're well over 300 members uh, in our post family. Wow, a lot of folks. So when was the American Legion formed? The American Legion was formed uh, and is actually chartered by Congress in 2019 as a patriotic veterans organization. Okay. Um, it came about at the end of World War I uh, when uh, the... Uh, Service members were waiting around trying to get uh, trying to get their ships to come back home at, after the end of World War One, mm-hmm. and they became concerned about uh, you know the the welfare and the health of uh, of the veterans who especially the those that uh, that had been through uh, you know the battles and things and and you know bore the scars of, of the battles. So they uh, they got the uh, organization together and uh, they actually had their first uh, convention in Minneapolis. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's where they adopted the preamble of the Constitution and their mission and, and, and things along that line. So wow. uh, right now there's over 13,000 posts um, worldwide. Worldwide. Oh, so it goes outside of the United States? There's It does. We actually have uh, the we have a post in Paris. Okay. Um, and that's actually in Paris was where the uh, service members uh, at the end of World War One gathered. Uh, to create the Legion. So okay. they actually started their first post there. Uh, we've got posts in uh, Mexico. Um, trying to think, I believe there is, 
I know uh, Puerto Rico and, and things along that line. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Along with all 50 states. So. so how has the American Legion changed since its original formation following World War One? Following World War One, it was initially established to be a World War One veterans organization. Oh, I see. And, and, and at the time, it was not called World War One. It was just the Great War. Right. Once in uh, Congress specifically um, included only the time period of World War One for uh, service members to be eligible for the Legion. So a member uh, enlisted in the Army the day after World War One ended, they would not have been eligible for the Legion. Oh, I see. You have to have served doing during a uh, a war war era or war period time of war. I so, see. Uh, World War II started, and towards the middle or so of World War II, uh, they realized that uh, they needed to add uh, World War II veterans uh, to that to that mix uh, because they didn't want to see they they didn't want to see the same thing happen to the World War II vets as happened to the World War One vets when they got out. Mm-hmm. Just kind of left, you know, brushed aside and, um, you know, just uh, ignored, I guess, in, in their, their, as far as their health and their welfare needs. So during World War II, actually in uh, 1944, uh, President uh, Fro- or Franklin Roosevelt signed into law the original GI Bill. Okay. Um, everyone's, all, everyone's heard of the GI Bill. Uh, at the time, it was called the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944. Mm-hmm. And that was fundamental uh, in developing the middle class in this country. Um, it offered uh, educational as well as, uh, as medical and uh, uh, assistance, uh, you know, thus enabling service members to go to school where they wouldn't have before. Uh, prior to that, it was either the working class or the, the elite rich. Mm-hmm. was no middle class so but uh, that uh, that changed the world and uh, it's uh, for every dollar spent on educating veterans the US economy eventually gets seven dollars back so it's a good investment yeah it's been one of the most uh, amazing bills ever passed by Congress if you ask me I've seen a lot of yeah. uh, former servicemen and people I've talked to that actually got an education following their term of service um, so what are some of the activities the American Legion is involved in within the community? Well, uh, nationwide, uh, we, we have the American Legion is founded on uh, four pillars, uh, national defense, uh, veterans affairs and rehabilitation, um, ch- children and youth, and uh, national security. Okay. So uh, we, we function under one of those four pillars and... Uh, I mean, the posts do anything from blood drives to, uh, in our case, we've done farmer's markets. Uh, we built several ramps for disabled vets, uh, partnering up with Habitat for Humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just uh, a lot of a lot of good community-based uh, events and, and activities. The posts are fast becoming again, uh, they started out this way, but they're fast becoming again the anchor of the community. In other words, uh, when the community needs something, they reach out to, to their local American Legion post. Okay. And, and that's that's the way it needs to be, and that's the way it started. Um, posts vary in their, I guess you'd call it their personality. Uh, some posts uh, have a bar, have a lounge. Uh, others, other posts 
do not have a bar or a lounge. Uh, we're one of those. We fall into that category mm-hmm. uh, for our post. And so we are able to concentrate on our service to our community and veterans in the community. And the community uh, bends over backwards to support us. Oh, that's interesting. Um, interesting calls for assistance. Um, I don't know if you recall when they built the uh, second uh, hotel tower at Firekeeper's Casino a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we received a call from, I forget the girl's first name, but her last name was Willenda. Uh, you've heard of the Flying Willendas, Nick Willenda, the guy that uh, does a tightrope walk? Yeah. I've heard the name the, before, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, she called up and said, uh, my cousin's uh, going to be walking the tightrope between the two hotel towers at uh, Firekeeper's, and your group was... Uh, your the name of your group was given to us, to us as uh, where we could find some volunteers to help hold the rope. And I'm like, hold the rope. Hold the rope. Oh, my <laughs> man. Hold the rope. <laughs> like, don't sneeze. Oh, my <laughs> man. So, yeah, you know, it, and we strive to be that organization, you know, that wow. when the community has a need, they reach out. So you come up with the volunteers and that sort of thing for various yeah. projects, I would guess, yeah. Yeah. So what are some yeah. of the things that you do for the veterans? Do you do things like build the uh, ramps and things like that for their homes? Yeah, and... we've, we've built several ramps. Uh, the American Legion has a network of uh, what they call veteran service officers. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they advocate for them uh, as far as with the VA, uh, the Veterans Administration, in uh, processing their uh, disability claims, uh, all free of charge. Okay. And, uh, you know, they, they will follow it all the way up to the appeals court in Washington, D.C. Well, that's great. Yeah. So according to a recent search of veteran statistics of uh, there were of the 16 million Americans who served in World War II, today there's less than about 168,000 still with us. What role yeah. does the American Legion have with preserving their legacy? Uh, the American Legion has a big, a big role in that. Um, we've uh, received uh, a lot of correspondence from our national level organization, you know, and uh, making sure that we recognize these, so uh, these treasures that we have you know, mm-hmm. left, you know, while they're still here. Um, I, I can think of one, uh, one legionnaire, uh, Clifford Rose from uh, the Climax area. You know, he, he's, I think he just turned 96, but uh, this guy still goes out dancing. Um, <laughs> you know, and he's still active in, in the American Legion, and just, he's just the greatest guy. Wow. You know? But we, you know, we encourage posts uh, to reach out to these uh, World War II veterans and, you know, maybe even, you know, offer to pay their, their dues and, and things for the, uh, for the Legion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to welcome them in, into the Legion. Uh, I do know there's a few posts in the in the state that are planning uh, recognition events uh, upcoming this mm-hmm. next year. Right. So that's a, that's a treasure that uh, you know we need to we need to cherish as long as we have it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the greatest generation, and they call them that for for a reason. Yeah, most definitely. They uh, and there's so few of them left. It's kind of sad to to see them all go, but that's what happens with time, I think. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah unfortunately, it is. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, does do you guys do anything to like uh, have them record their stories or anything along that line? Um, they, we, I mean, other posts probably do. Okay. Um, we haven't 
thought of that idea, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's a good idea. Yeah, I know that you know. I've seen projects for that, and I know that there were some organizations doing it. I just, uh, that was one of the things I regretted with my dad that I didn't take time to go over there and film him um, yeah. before he passed to tell, have him tell some of his stories, you know. Yeah. Um, but he didn't have a lot yeah. of history with um, the war. He served like the last six months of World War II. He was a young man. Okay. So, right. but uh, he was stationed over oh, in yeah. Guam. Yeah. So, so you're that that makes actually makes you eligible for the sons of the American Legion. Well, I'll have to look into it's, that. Uh, sons and grandsons of war era veterans. So, what American Legion event or activity in your history stands out as the most memorable one that you've been involved in? Well, probably a couple. Uh, the first one that co- comes to mind was uh, the rededication of our post uh, namesake. Okay. Um, when I first came to this post, uh, it was called Fort Custer Post 257. Okay. Um, they met at the VA uh, in Building 6. And if you've ever been on a DOD installation, Building 6 is not in between Building 5 and Building 7. <laughs> That's okay. typical government for you. <laughs> it, it is. It is, you know. Yeah. So we'd have people wandering around for a half hour, 45 minutes, just to try to find the meeting spot. You know, right. They give up or whatever. But uh, so we we changed changed our meeting space or uh, location, but we also um, did some research on some local war heroes mm-hmm. um, that we could you know could honor by um, naming our post after them. And we decided on Michael Dickinson, uh, who was a 1998 uh, graduate of Harper Creek High School. Uh, Michael lost his life in Ar-Ramadi, Iraq in 2016 on July 17th. Okay. Um, one of the things that uh, you have to do is you have to have the family's permission to name a post after after someone. Okay. So uh, Larry Quick, who uh, actually was Michael's wrestling coach at Harper Creek High School, um, hooked us up with, uh, with Michael Dickinson's mother uh, in town. And, uh, you know, it was the, it was the hardest call I ever had to try to make yeah. in my life. Wow. Um, she answered the phone. Once she answered, it was the easiest call, easiest call and conversation I've ever had in my life. Wow. I mean, this, this lady was just ecstatic that we would think of her hero, uh, that way and, and honoring the post after him. Yeah. So we had a big, uh, post, uh, renaming dedication ceremony over at, uh, Harper Creek high school. Um, the, uh, we invited uh, leadership from the, the state level uh, of the Legion to that um, and the community. And so that, that stands out as, as one of the big, uh, one of the big uh, events that we've had, most memorable. Uh, also, uh, speaking at, at that ceremony was Michael Dickinson's uh, brother, okay. uh, Daryl Morris. He lives in uh, Lawton, Oklahoma. He was an army recruiter at the time, and probably one of the other big time events, I guess, was the uh, we did a community wide open forum last year um, when uh, we did the when we pulled out of Afghanistan. Okay, and uh, we just called it uh, Afghanistan. Let's talk about it. Uh, the intent was to reach out and give uh, Afghan vets, um, you know, a sounding board, a place to to talk about it and discuss it. We got a lot of support from our some of our older uh, Vietnam vets who were there, you know, because they kind of experienced the same thing. Uh, it was, there's a lot of parallels between when we pulled out of Vietnam and when we pulled out of Afghanistan. Right. 
and uh, we actually found the one person that, that needed help. Uh, he, he showed up, and I mean, that's exactly what he needed, you know, a young gentleman that uh, that served in Afghanistan, and uh, he was just heartbroken. I mean, he'd seen buddies being killed, and, uh, but, you know, for what? So it gave him the opportunity to explore that and discuss it with people and things. Well, yeah, yeah that was quite a, a unexpected um, withdrawal from Afghanistan, for sure. It, it, it was, yeah, and it, it you know, and, and it certainly wasn't the way uh, we as service members would want it to look like, right. And, and under those conditions and things, but uh, can we revisit Michael Dickinson? Do you know much about his service when he was over there? I assume that he died in combat. Is what, what happened? Or he, he was, yeah, he was killed in Aramadi, Iraq, mm-hmm. uh, by a sniper. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think, he he done he had done several deployments, and he was actually only about two weeks away from returning from this, that deployment. Oh, wow. So he'd been over there a few years if he did several deployments, right? Because each one was, yeah. what, one or two years? or uh, They're probably at least six months six to months a year. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. But uh, he was stationed at Fort Bragg. Uh, he was airborne. Uh, he was uh, psycholo- psychological operations. Okay. That's uh, what he did. Um, and, uh, yeah, he and, a, he and a buddy were both hit with sni- by sniper fire, the the, the buddy survived, but uh, he's not in any state of, you know, capacity at all. Uh-huh. And, uh, Michael lost his life. So um, the we, we run into Mike, Michael's history being so close uh, time-wise back in, you know, 2016. Okay. We run into people who, I mean, know, knew him. Um, like, you know, like I said, Larry Quick, uh, he was his uh, wrestling coach. Um, we allowed, uh, driver's training to be conducted at our post during the pandemic. Okay. And the lady who was teaching driver's training was looking at her display and information about Michael. She says, I had Michael as a student. Wow. She didn't realize that, you know, yeah. um, his whole family is around, uh, still, uh, his mom actually has moved to Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, to live with, uh, with his sister. Uh, because she she wanted to stay in Battle Creek to kind of you know perpetuate and preserve Michael's name and and everything, and she called me up one day and said uh, you know the the post is doing such a great job you know carrying on Michael's legacy that uh, I'm I'm comfortable that you know his name will live on here even if I'm move out of town. So she moved to Atlanta and uh, donated a lot of items that we have on display at the post. Uh, wow. Yeah, and one of the things there is a little, well, it's a picture frame, but it's a little, like a little note um, from a young gentleman named Deshay, and Deshay is uh, Michael's nephew. Okay. And when Michael was killed, when they found out, uh, his teacher sat down with him and, and helped him write out, you know, what happened is kind of the therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, signed it, Deshay, eight years old. So... Summer before last, uh, it was uh, Michael's sister was setting up uh, in the hall to put on a luncheon for her son, and she says, uh, "Hey, Deshay, will you uh, we grab that stuff?" And I I looked, and this guy's about 22, 23 years old, and I said, <laughs> "Deshay," 
I said, are you the same Deshaies that wrote the letter about Michael when he was killed? He said, yeah. I said, we've got that right back here. He goes, no way. Wow. So, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's crazy what you run into, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's nice and it's a, it's a good feeling to know that, uh, what we're doing, uh, is, is so important to that family, you know, and to Michael. So any other, um, events or activities that, uh, American Legion has, uh, has done in the community that well we'd uh we actually during the pandemic I remember when they shut down the cannon bottles right deposits yeah well we we opened we opened a white elephant we uh we started a cannon bottle drive <laughs> uh, back when we were trying to purchase this building okay and uh we collected uh seventeen thousand and some cans and bottles yeah no i'm sorry not seventeen thousand eighty 85,000 cans and bottles. Wow. Yeah. So, and that, I mean, that translates to 8,500 bucks. Right. You know, it actually received a, a matching $50,000 grant uh, in our fundraising efforts towards uh, purchasing the building. Mm -hmm. So that, that, you know, made that $8,500 turn into 17,000 17, real quick. Wow. So we, uh, we just, we have just moved into this building, uh, February 1st, 2020. Wow. So we've only been, been where we're at right now and for the last two and a half years. Prior to that, we were meeting at various locations, but we're starting to grow. Okay. So where's the new location at? New location is uh, 7475 B Drive North. Okay. It's right at the corner of Beetle Lake Road and B Drive North, which is basically the west end of uh, Beckley Road. Okay. Right across the street from the same school that Michael walked this Walk oh, I know that property. Yeah, I saw someone developing it, and that's good to know that that's where that is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it used to be a church. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and we, we actually lucked into that situation as well. So Great. We ended up getting it for about half the, half the value, uh, half, you know, what it was listed for, and uh, raised all the cash to pay cash for it. I mean, just through the support of the community. So how can people find out more about the American Legion or if they want to participate? Um, is there any, uh, like a website or? Um... Yeah. The, the, our post has a website. It's uh, legionpost257.org. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, Michael Dickinson, uh, post257mi is the kind of the sh short version of it. But if you just search Michael Dickinson... Uh, that should get you there. Okay. Uh, the national level has a website that's uh, just just legion.org. Okay. Okay. There's information there. Um, the state level we have a website. It's michiganlegion.org. So even if they are not a service member themselves, they, if they are a relative of some, either a son or a daughter or a spouse or. Yeah, granddaughter, granddaughter or something, mother, mother or grandmother. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that's a lot of folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, basically, it includes everybody but uh, a service member's brother. Okay. So, wow. Know, just, wow. Just, you know the way the way that works out, but uh, you know we've we've got a very strong children and youth mm -hmm. uh, pillar that the American Legion uh, operates, and um, along with that are a lot of scholarship opportunities. Uh, for high school students, good. Uh, one of one of the big things is the uh, it's called the high school oratorical contest, 
and that is a constitutional speech competition mm -hmm. uh, that they start out at the local level and they can work all the way up to the state and the national level. Um, they can earn smaller amounts all the way up. Uh, the top prize at the national level is $25,000 scholarship. Wow, that's pretty good. That's awesome. That's really a good skill for kids to develop, too. That, oh, it is. Because yeah, they really don't do debate classes that much anymore in schools. And, no, you know, no, they don't. So. Yeah. And they can, you know, they can, this, the oratorical is for ninth through 12th graders. So as long as they don't win the big kahuna at the end, mm -hmm. they can compete every year. So, you know, start as a freshman, you know, figure out what mm -hmm. what you did wrong, improve on it the next year, and hopefully by the time you're a senior, you, you know, you'll be in the national competition. And I'll tell you what, every I went to the national competition this year, and every every speaker there just blew me away. Wow, wow. I mean, just, you know, their, their attention and everything is just amazing. Wow. We've also got a couple of $500 scholarships through the uh, state or through the department is what it's called. Mm-hmm the Brewer and the uh, Wilson scholarships. And then uh, we have uh, what's called Boys State. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but that is a week-long immersion in state and local government for uh, high schools uh, juniors. Wow, okay. So they go to, uh, I believe, uh, I think Grand Valley mm -hmm. for the boys. Um I believe the girls go to Michigan State or vice versa. I forget which, but uh, yeah, and a lot of posts will sponsor that, uh, the fee for that. Well, there's a lot of opportunity there for the young folks with the American oh, yeah. Legion. Yeah. That's yeah. good to know. And uh, we also uh, um, name a uh, local law officer and firefighter of the year mm -hmm. uh, each year. And, uh, also an educator of the year, and uh, by the way, Larry Quick won that in uh, 2018. Oh, wow. For his work. Okay. Uh, Larry Quick uh, put together the uh, Military Hall of Fame at Harper Creek High School. Okay. Uh, in the athletic entrance of the school, and uh, we recognize him for his efforts there. So. And there's American Legion posts all over Michigan, right? How many would you... There are. There are. There's roughly 380 posts in Michigan. Okay. Okay. Um that fluctuates, you know, new ones coming on, old, older ones, you know, I guess dying off, I guess you'd, you'd call it, but, uh, right. you know, and, and we try, I'm, I'm, I'm also the, uh, the state first vice commander, um, with the Legion. So I'm all, I'm in charge of membership there, Good. but, uh, you know, we do a lot to, uh, revitalize these posts, uh, encourage them, help, you know, help them with the training they need. Um, you know, and help with their operations as far as what they're doing uh, in the community. Good. The the old the legion is is changing very quickly. Um, it's it, it had to because uh, we're we're actually dying off, um, stagnating. Um, you know, if, if you close your eyes and you think of an American Legion post, probably the first thing you come that comes to your mind is it's a dark bar, mm -hmm. a bunch of old. Uh, old army vets or whatever sitting around talking <laughs> war stories over their beer, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we it, it's taken time for Post to realize this, but uh, today's veteran um, is not interested in that. Uh, right. They're, they're interested in whatever they can include their family in. Uh, they're also they're also interested in providing community service. Makes um, sense. 
you know, and, and we're teaching those students in school how to volunteer because, you know, if you look at more and more schools and they require X amount of hours of, uh, of community service hours to graduate. So they're teaching them that, that volunteer skill. And so once they, you know, and they volunteered for the military, nothing was mandatory, you know, unless, yeah. unless the parents told them to, but, uh, right, right. And, uh, so they, they volunteered for the military and, and in a lot of cases, the American Legion give, extends that opportunity to serve, uh, beyond their, their active years, you know, in the military. And then that's, that's what we do at our post. Um, where we're very active out, out in the community and very active bringing the community into the post. Um, hmm. and, and that's, that's what today's vets want. You know, if they, if they don't feel comfortable bringing their family, uh, they won't show up. Yeah, that makes total sense. You know, I have the same thing with, uh, the volunteer activities I get involved with, uh, oh, sure. or the museum yeah. and that sort of thing. If you don't have something that is family oriented, you lose a lot of your audience, you know, and a lot of people wanting to come yeah, by. So. Yeah. That's good to know. Well, any last-minute yeah. thing you'd like to tell the audience about the American Legion here in Michigan? Well, it's uh, you know if if people are veterans, uh, families of veterans, or whatever, you know, you'd like to learn more about us. Uh, like I say, you can go to our uh, Legion website at legion.org. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of information out there. You can go local to uh, legionpost257.org uh, and find out information about our post. Uh, we actually have links on our on our website uh, locally that uh, someone can join the post uh, right right from our website, uh, which uh, a lot of posts don't don't have that capability. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know we're we're looking forward to uh, uh, I guess the the next step for our post because of because of our our fast growth, um, we've actually outgrown the building that we're in. Wow. It's a 3,800 square foot building, but uh, you know when you get uh, you know 35 to 45 members that show up for a meeting, yeah, um, it's there's not much space. Well, <laughs> you know? well, that's a good problem to have. That's a yeah, quite a change but, from when know, it was reach, just 50 uh, members. You know, so yeah, yeah, you know, re- reach out to a post, uh, explore a couple different posts. I would I would recommend you know something that fits your your comfort level, your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and, and Remember that you know the membership in the Legion uh, in itself uh, at the national level that adds that adds oomph behind uh, the national commander when he testifies before Congress each year. Okay. You know, um, so well the, probably the best example most recently was the PACT Act, and that was uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but the PACT Act um, oh. said that. Uh, Today's service members who were exposed to toxic chemicals uh, in wherever they served, um, you know, deserve the compensation and, and the medical care that uh, that they earned. Okay. And uh, that bill was stalling. Uh, in other words, it wasn't going to pass. So the Legion got reached out to all its members and, uh, you know, asked us to uh, get a hold of our congressmen and things. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we did. And uh, the next day it passed. That's great. So that, was, that was a big victory for that. Wow. So the, you guys are really the motivation for pushing that through. Yeah. Because yeah, it kind of came from out of nowhere. I just remember seeing it suddenly getting signed yeah. by the president. And so. Yeah. Well, that's. Yeah, well, the Legion, Legion had been active, or, uh, advocating for that for mm-hmm. a number of, you know, 
quite a while, but uh, great. Yeah, it was uh, it was an awesome thing. Well, uh, thank you so yeah. much for coming on to the show today, Brian. It's been uh, you're welcome, Michael. It's been fascinating and uh, learned a lot of history of the American Legion and. Uh, all the activities i had no idea and it's a fascinating evolution it's gone through from the various different wars uh yeah. you know and it's a it's an organization that stuck around longer you know obviously the gar didn't think far enough in the future and they died out when all of their veterans in that group had died you know yeah so if i could add one thing too back in 2019 um prior to that there was only certain eligibility periods for the legion mm-hmm World War One, World War Two, Korean War, Vietnam, Grenada, Lebanon, Panama, and then the uh, the Gulf War and beyond. But uh, right. um, the Legion helped pass the uh, it's called the uh, Le- the Legion Act, actually. Okay. Uh, and what that did, Congress declared that uh, we had been at war somewhere in the world every day since December seventh, nineteen forty one. Service members' lives were at risk. Wow. Uh, service members were being killed. So they opened up eligibility to the Legion, anyone who served one day of active duty since December 7th, 1941 to today. Wow. Yeah. That's great. That opens yeah. up uh, a lot of anybody who's been a former veteran, depending, no question of when they've, what time they serve for the most part of anybody right. in the current generation. So. Right, just have to have an honorable discharge. Yep. Oh, so. Great. Well, I've been speaking with Brian Molman, who was the first vice commander of the American Legion Post number 257 here in Battle Creek, Michigan, and also with the state. And it's been a fascinating talk learning about some of the history of the American Legion, not only here in Michigan, but on national level as well. And um, if you'd like to reach out to the American Legion or learn more about it, I'll put the links to their organizations that he uh, mentioned here in the description of the podcast episode. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and explore yet another fascinating chapter in the long legacy of interesting tales from Southwest Michigan's past, thank you for listening.